and welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I do hope you're enjoying the interviews I've been sharing. The focus of this podcast is on the creative people of Austin, Texas. My intention is to have conversations that are meaningful, inspiring, and in-depth, with the goal of making a connection first with the person I'm interviewing, hopefully adding value to their life and career, and then sharing that content with the local community and potentially anyone in the world. Please share any feedback you have and leave me a rating and review on iTunes. That could help others find the podcast and inspire them to take a chance and give it a try. And if you're listening to this through an app on your phone, be sure to visit austinarttalk.com on your computer to get the full effect of each episode's webpage and to follow the links provided that are relevant to the guests and what we talk about. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Austin Art Talk. This episode is a very fun and lighthearted conversation with Austin photographer Faustinus. We talk all about how he got started in photography and speak about his work, views on life, and an upcoming solo exhibit at the Doherty Art Center from May 11th to June 2nd of 2018. The artist's reception is May 11th from 6 to 8, and I hope to see you there. And here is Faustinus. Faustinus. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you for being on my that podcast. <laughs> Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I'm really honored to be part of this wonderful thing that you're doing. Oh, thanks, thanks man. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I saw you recently at a, you did an artist talk at Davis Gallery, and that was a great show. I really enjoyed that. Both. And that's what hearing you talk, you're so charming and funny. <laughs> I just thought we should definitely have a so podcast. Now it sounds like a kind of a TV interview instead of a kind of a radio <laughs> thing or the podcast. It's like, well, thank you for your kind words. It's like, uh, you're, you're a good liar. <laughs> so, um, so you're a photographer. Yes. But how do you usually describe yourself if you meet someone for the first time? I would just go and introduce myself. My name is Faustinus and... Yeah. That's it. I will not go like, ah, you know, I'm a photographer. No. Okay. I will just go by myself, you know, Faustinus. And then if we start to have a conversation, then I will just go like one of those silly things. So what do you do for a living? Ah, you do I live for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then you will start, to, so what do you do? Well, I'm, a, I'm yeah. another photographer in town. Yeah. But you didn't start out probably thinking about photography, I'm uh, assuming, right? No, 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 not at all. And the funny thing is that in my mind, I think that I never thought about being a photographer. Yeah. Uh, I have a degree in computer systems and informatic that my guess is that one doesn't apply anymore. Technology has changed <laughs> so much. So <laughs> I studied computer systems and informatic last century. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Uh, and then I used to work for IBM as a sales executive. And while being in IBM, one of my friends, he said, uh, you know, we should do something else with our life. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very fulfilling. No, no, to, to me, it was kind of fulfilling, but at the same time, I was, I was happy. I was making good money, but I was getting extremely old. <laughs> okay. So I got my white hair and things like that, and I was yeah. only... I don't know, 25 or something like that. And, and it, was, it was nice. It was a really nice experience. I spent, well, not spent, but I enjoy about maybe six or seven years of my life with, mm. with IBM. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice thing to do. Dressed up with a suit every single day. Oh, wow. Imagine okay. myself with a suit every day. Every day. <laughs> That's intense. It's talking about suits. I went to this event and you you were supposed to bring a, a suit yeah so just to find a suit in my locker so i find one the one that i used 20 years ago for my <laughs> wedding and it's like the same so going back to using a suit ah, i still have one but yeah so now just a different life t-shirts and digit, yes <laughs> you were born in belgium right yes in antwerp and how long did you live there? Oh, man, uh, not long enough. But So I was born in Antwerp. Uh, my dad, he used to work uh, for in, in Mexico. So long story short, for the first four years of my life, it was like going and coming. Oh, okay. So my dad passed away in Mexico City, and my mom, she fell in love with Mexico City. Yeah. So every year during the summer, it was just going back to, to Belgium to visit family and things like that. And always to, to Antwerp. So back and yeah. forth your whole life. Uh, yeah, well, even now it's kind of interesting because my daughter, even though my mom, she lives now in Mexico and all the, my family-in-law, they live in Mexico, she has never been to Mexico. But she has been to Belgium 14 times or something like that. So it's yeah. a kind of a cool thing just to try to introduce my, my Belgian side of 
my yeah. personality to my daughter. And but, growing up, did you have a lot of influences around art? I mean, did you ever think of yourself as being an artist? Someday? No. <laughs> no, I think that once that you start to work on the business corporation, or I don't know what will be the right word, is when yeah. you start to think that you need to fulfill your life with something else yeah. and not with a business thing. Mm-hmm. And so going back to the when we start to talk about why did I start to study photography? So one of my, my best friends, he said to me, you know, we should do something else with our life. Yeah. Uh, so while being at IBM, uh, we decided to go and study photography. Mm-hmm. So I remember go, going, it was like four times per week to to my class of photography in Mexico, the Escuela Activa de Fotografía. And every time that I went, I was wearing my suit. Oh, wow. So <laughs> going to the dark room, it was a kind of a really nice experience. But I remember that the first time that I went, uh, seemed like everybody was a kind of uh, maybe, they were maybe like five or ten years younger than me. So they were starting photography since the beginning. And in my case, I was already an old guy. Yeah. And well, an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> so when I got the first day to the, to the class, I remember that my teacher, he looked at me and he said, you know, welcome. Uh, if I were you, I would not come to the school to flirt. I say, what are you? And yeah, you need to you need to change your clothes. You you don't have to be here like a kind of a businessman. I say, well, don't get me wrong, but I don't have the time to go and change my clothes. So. Yeah. And then he started to look at me in a kind of a weird way. And then I remembered maybe like a month later, he said to me, well, this is our first test. So again, I was every single time with with, with my suit. And he, when he was asking a few questions, say question number one, okay, question number two, then I hear like number five, and there was, hey, Martinez. Do you know the answer for number five? I say no, no, I don't know it. So we like we were like cheating during the, during the <laughs> test, and then I went to uh, question number ten. I was done. I gave my test to the teacher, and the teacher Faustinus, you still have like forty-five minutes to to finish your test. Say so, you know those forty-five minutes. I rather invest them in studying the things that I'm missing because I don't know the answer. So I would just go on studying, then I can come back, and that's it. I think that after that first uh, test, uh, yeah. he became, we became kind of a good friend. So he realized <laughs> that I was not going to, to try to flirt at school, being a guy dressed with a suit and things like that. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> yeah. Man, the, the, the memory that you're bringing me just for, for asking about how you became a photographer. <laughs> Why did your, your friend pick photography? Or you both kind of uh, thought, what should we do? I think that basically he came up with some options. And the one, it was about photography. And I think it's because that phrase that everybody says that... Uh, image is worth a thousand words yeah and i always change it that is not thousand words it's thousand feelings instead mm-hmm. of words and that is how everything started yeah yeah three years or something like that studying photography and then while studying i was at the same time at ibm and there was a time that i decided just to to quit ibm and just pursue my career as a photographer basically doing commercial work yeah what um, what age was this when you graduated uh, with age, I was, man, that was, that was in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> so that was also last century. So I was in 96. I'm like, like 30 years old, something like that. Yeah, an old man. I was an old man. I still. <laughs> You're not that old. No, I'm not that old. I'm only 22 years old. So no, no, no I don't feel old at all. It's like one of those things that talking about age. I look like 110, and I'm only a young guy. Oh, so, <laughs> so you, uh, I had read online that you had a studio, La Vida oh, Privada. So, La Vida Privada, the private life. So as soon as basically, so at the same time that I was working for IBM, I realized that I we had to get more time. So we started to make a few customers, and then the business was starting to to to, to grow, and that's when I decided to to quit IBM. So we opened a studio called La Vida Privada. And basically, it was only commercial work what we were doing. Okay, was that a hard choice to leave your job, or you were just no, like, I can't wait no, to get out of no, here? no? I can't wait to get out of here. And the funny thing is that when so there was a time that I was trying to get some changes in in IBM as a sales executive. I tried to move to the marketing area and basically trying to to get all the photographers and the graphic designers yeah, into yeah. the. IBM community and it seems like they hire an, uh, an advertisement company instead of doing everything through, uh, through IBM. Oh, okay. So I, I, I was trying to find that position and long story short, 
idea and it didn't work. So mm-hmm. they got a kind of a layoff. I don't know how you call those things when they start to fire people. Oh, yeah. So I raised my hand and they didn't accept me. <laughs> I raised my hand again. They didn't accept me. And then there were some new changes. And I talked to the human resources director in those days. And I said, you know, I heard that you're going to, you need to get rid of some of your best workers or whatever. <laughs> and I say, if you don't mind, I would love to apply. <laughs> and he looked I want to apply to lose my job. <laughs> and he looked at me, are you sure? I say yes. So but the funny thing is maybe like two weeks later, every time that you were at the cafeteria and you will see one of the secretaries going down, you know, oh, another one is going to be fired. And I said, Faustinus, Faustinus, yes. So I went to the office of, of Roberto during those days and I remember that while, while, while waiting, I see this gentleman getting out and he was crying. Oh. And I say, man, that's so what happened? You see, I got it. He lost his job. And then I got in and I said, Roberto, so he said to me, Faustinus, are, are you sure that you want to do this? I say, yes, I, you know, I'll be, so <laughs> I just want to pursue my, my work as a photographer. And if you can help me with anything, I will be more than welcome. So he gave me an envelope. I opened the envelope. I saw the amount of money that I was getting, and I make a huge, big smile. And I say, you know, thank you. This is more than I thought. I was upset. Are you sure you want to quit IBM? I say, yes, totally. <laughs> Are you sure? And then he looked at me. You know, this is a kind of a really interesting feeling because a few minutes ago, this guy that I will not say his name, he was crying. Yeah. You know, he has a family. He has a daughter, a son. I don't know. And in my case, I was a, a totally young guy making money, and he was like totally yeah. happy. You know. This is the only way that I can complain, well, not complain, to complete my yeah. my dream of becoming a photographer. So that is the way that we opened the studio. So you've got a severance package. Uh, yes, and it was and it was fun because I think that even I used that money for like 10 years. So I spent only one, $1 per day to be able to save. <laughs> 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 that is the only thing that I kind of missed when, when I start to remember about IBM. I only miss the money. Yeah. And of course the friends and things like that, yeah. but the, the stress was was high. And so, like your family, were were they saying, "Oh, you're crazy," or were they supporting uh, you? Or uh, talking about family, I only have basically my my mom. So all my family lives in in, in okay. Belgium. So there was no one to. Uh, no, my mom, she you know, think twice and think twice and think twice. Even now, are you still thinking going back to everything? You know, <laughs> no, there was always a, a support, nothing to okay. to complain or anything like that. Besides and you didn't have money. any fear of like, oh, I'm no, going to be destitute or something? No, 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 no. No. Wow. Okay. No, it was a kind of a really nice adventure. At the beginning, it was just like, instead of waking up, I don't know, at 6.30 in the morning and taking a shower and shaving and putting your suit and taking your subway, you're driving your car, it was a totally different story. Mm-hmm. And during those days, I, I started to have my, my hair growing kind of long and things yeah. like that so it was a totally <laughs> different experience and the, the interesting thing is that my wife she met me exactly during that period of time oh so basically it's like she, she fell in love with a ibm or you know an armani suit with a mont blanc pen and things like having <laughs> nice haircut and really nice and then suddenly oh what happened to this guy <laughs> Were you worried you were going to lose her? She might be like, oh, this isn't no, what I no, no, no. I, I, I don't know. We need to ask her, but it's been already almost 20 years and we're still really happy. But oh, wonderful. It's, it's kind of interesting about that feeling that I think that you, you fall in love with a, with a person, not by the physics or not by the yeah. clothes or not by the car. So it's just that totally, when heart speaks, it's straight to the, to the soul, not to the. Yeah. The rest of the things that I don't know if they're worth it or not. But yeah, I'd love to ask her what yeah. she was thinking around that time. <laughs> and next time, you know, doubts. this this podcast has a second part, so let's wait. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you remember that ten years ago I interviewed Faustinus? <laughs> let's go back to those things. <laughs> yeah. So you had a partner, right? And you opened uh, the studio with yes, a partner. yes, with my with my business partner. Yes. Yeah. So we sort of, well, I think he's still taking care of the of the business, but just by himself, and he's basically you now shooting only architectural stuff. Okay. There was a kind of interesting thing because I was always in charge of portraits and people, those kind of things, and he was more into the products or okay. into the non-speaking objects, and yeah. I was more into the relationships and things like that. That's and, what I would do too. Yeah, and, and it's kind of I'd rather take a photo of of someone alive instead of something that is just like nice looking object I can 
Did you feel like your schooling was sufficient? I mean, did you feel confident when you finished that you were like, I can do whatever I want? Uh, kind of. It's like even now, I don't know if I can do everything that I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes you look through the viewfinder and what you see is not exactly what you get, but you you can do a lot of things. But during those days, it's like there is something about being innocent. And mm. at the same time, there is this security that you don't really think about. You will just go and shoot and do the things that you have to do. Uh, yeah, you don't know what's not possible. You just, no, it's just, you know, you just, just go for it. The, the, the technical part, it was a kind of a tricky thing, but at the school, it's like they will just give you like different kind of things that you will start to, to learn. And once that you're in the real life is when you realize that mm-hmm. what you need to do. I don't for example, shooting with a 4x5, it was a totally different story than shooting with a yeah. Nikon FM2 or whatever. So, yeah. And then using light equipment, it's a totally different story. Was it a commercially oriented program? Uh, it no, it was a kind of like a little bit from everything. So the, the, the cool thing is going back to the fine artist that, so we did only commercial work and at the same time during the, I, I realized that photography was not a commercial thing for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a way to, to, to get some money and things like that. But I discovered that and those are the kind of things that I didn't realize before that photography mm. was more a way of expression, not commercially speaking. Ah, right. So I started to take workshops with some famous Mexican photographers and then it's when I realized, you know, photography is about expressing yourself and showing your soul and trying to understand oh. yourself. Not like, oh, okay, this product is really nice, let's put a light on the side, let's have a stuff higher. Sell a product like, or yeah, not, not. Yeah. So at this when I realized that my photography was more on the more to the art. Yeah. Can you tell me anything about some of these photographers you studied with? And maybe, like, what uh, think, really yes. stands out that they you taught know, you? One of the guys that is still a really tough of a land photographer is called Marco Antonio Cruz. And uh, during those days, so that was 20 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> is the, he, he did a body of work about blind people. Oh. And he's like, you know, taking photos of blind people, being a photographer, he has a totally different concept. Yeah. So it's like that opened my eyes also to find out something different. And I started to develop, I think that my first body of work was talking about crosses. So mm-hmm. I used the cross as a way to show my my personality or my religion style, not really like a Christian symbol. It was going deeper. So I saw a cross, I know, in a, in a light bulb. Oh, I saw yeah, yeah, a cross yeah. in the floor. Then I started to realize that I was trying to explain or to say different kind of things. But Marco Antonio Cruz, I think that he was the first guy that put that little uh, seed in my heart about, you know, photography is a way of expression. Mm, to see differently. Yeah. And then the other photographer that I have a huge respect also is that. So when, at the same time that I moved to, to Austin, I met a lot of people. And long story short, I knew that there was this photographer called Keith Carter. Keith Carter was going to go to Mexico, so at the same time I was in Austin, and one of my friends he said, you know, he lives in Beaumont, let's go, and let's make him a call, and let's go to Beaumont and introduce yourself. Long story short, we went to Beaumont, and here we are talking with Keith Carter. And oh, wow. So he okay. said, you know, I'm going to Mexico, you know, I will be honored if I can be with you. And he came to Mexico, I spent with him maybe five days, he was going and shooting, taking his workshop, and oh, that was also the success. So I had kind of the best part of two worlds of Mexico, Marco Antonio Cruz, and also with Enic Martinez, I have a little also really cool photographers that I used to to rent our studio like at the Ladron de Guevara and so it was really cool and then mm. having Kit Carter on this side it was oh, okay and then I was honored to meet uh, Bill Whitliffe it's, it, it was everything started to make a kind of a circle more towards the art photography and when I got here I wasn't able to legally work, so I have to wait for all my paper from the IRS and things like that. So mm-hmm. that is when I start to keep working on my art photography. What made you move to Austin? Or uh, did that at the end, that was also, that was last century again. <laughs> <laughs> that was in 1998. I remember that. <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> Only 20 years. Right. It's not as bad. <laughs> and it was basically because of my wife. Okay. Yeah, so we were living in Mexico, Mexico City. Uh, there was a time that things in Mexico City were not as secure as they were before. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, my, my brother, Neo, he got a gunshot. And that wow. was one of those things that, you know, Mexico City is getting kind of dangerous. All of my friends got robbed. There were a lot of things going on. And my wife, she used to live in Austin before. Hmm. So you say, you know, maybe this is the perfect time to, to go and move to Austin. Okay, sounds good to me. Yeah. So we moved to Austin, Texas, yeah. life capital of the music. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. 
And how did that feel? Did that feel uh, like a, just another adventure? I don't know if it will be like an adventure. It's just something that it will just satisfy your life. And it was it was nice. It was a really nice. At the beginning, it's it's really hard. This part is also of the language part is that you don't know anyone. So it's like a beginning. And I remember that as soon as we moved uh, to find a condo and things like that, it was a kind of a tough time finding places and mm. plan place to, to afford. And during that time, I went back to Mexico for, for a few weeks, and then I went back to Belgium for a few weeks. Mm. I didn't know exactly. So I was trying to find my, I don't know if it would be like, not a happiness, but my friend's happiness going back to Mexico and going to Belgium. Because yeah. I didn't know anyone in, in Austin, only my, my family-in-law. Yeah. So it was like, that was a kind of a tough time. And then I remember that as soon as my, my, my wife, she got a, a job, things were starting to get better. So you start to meet friends. And then interesting thing is now, 20 years later, I'm still friends with those friends that I met 20 years ago. Oh, wow. So now it's like, oh, yes, everything was great. This is nice. <laughs> but I remember that at the beginning, it was a sad thing. Oh, I don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. But and then it's like, okay, here we go. Welcome back to, to reality. Yeah. How did you meet those friends? Uh, through Alexandra's friends, there was a, a group of common friends, and mm-hmm. by serendipity, some of those were photographers. And then that photographer, he introduced me to one of the main galleries in, in Austin, Stephen Clark. And yeah. that is the way that every single month or every two months, there was an opening, and there was a kind of a party. And that is the way that oh, I yeah. started to meet people. And so basically, it was always through the photography circle. So you had the studio in Mexico, yes, and you were shooting kind of a little bit more on the commercial side in Mexico City, yes, for people. But then yeah. you were also going out and doing your own uh, personal yes, work at the same time. Well, while start well having another kind of uh, workshops with with these guys, I yeah, started yeah, yeah. to develop. So it was like a so at the same time we were shooting commercially, and at the same time I was using my weekends and things like that just to go and portray my career as an art photographer. Yeah. And how, when you think about where your work was 20 years ago and where it is now, does, do you see a progression? Is it uh, kind of an evolution? Or? Uh, I don't know what would be kind of the right answer. The thing is, photography has changed so much. Yeah. So 20 years ago, you will make a click, you will use a Polaroid, you will look at it, then you have to go and develop, uh, and right. then you have to go and print, and now it's a totally different story. So... In the technical part, it's been changing a lot. Yeah. And on the same part is nowadays, everybody's a photographer. Mm-hmm. So 20 years ago, you have a few photographers. Now, everybody, but everybody's a photographer. And they don't even shoot with a camera. So it seems like now they have something like a cell phone. Yeah. They use it for everything but to make calls. So they can text, they can browse the internet, and they can take photos. Yes. So I don't know how many billions of cell phones do we have. And every people that have one of those cell phones, they yeah. are photographers. Mm-hmm. So in that area, I think that every single photographer that I know, they are also kind of suffering the consequences. Or I don't know what would be the right words to say. But mm-hmm. photography in that part has changed so much that I never thought that photography was going to be digital. Hmm. And I still shoot kind of the old-fashioned way. So I will make a click, and then I will just wait. I will make another click, unless I'm shooting for someone. Let me double-check if his eyes are open or not. <laughs> yeah. But I still have that kind of still feeling in my in, in my soul that every time that I make a click, I think that I will get something that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And it's not like click, look, click, look, no. So I'm still clicking, and I'm still waiting to the surprise factor of having those wonderful photos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I wonder then, what do you think photographers have to do now to kind of, professional uh, photographers have to do to kind of stand out from everyone else? I think that at the end, it's relationships hmm. and being a good photographer. But even though you can be a really good photographer, and if you don't have the kind of the relationship, that is totally my humble point of view. And maybe this is what I'm thinking today. Maybe tomorrow my answer will be something different. So everything that we are talking today, I don't know if it happened to you also as a photographer, that you have these photos and say, wow, this is great, this is amazing. And then the next day, wait, 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 did I choose this photo today? Because (laughs) yesterday it was a totally different thing. So I think that we, as human beings, we change and we mature in some kind of thing. So today I feel like being a photographer is besides being a photographer, you need to get some relationships. If you don't have relationships, it's a kind yeah. of a tricky thing. And who knows, maybe tomorrow we'll say, oh, no, no, I was totally wrong. You need to be, first of all, you have to be the best photographer in town. And then, but no, 
also the photographers that I know from 20 years, they still work basically with the same people. They belong mm. to the same group. And I was talking to some of my friends, if, if by any chance they, they need a photographer that they may not need one, they will go and hire their friend first. Yeah. So that the relation that you have. And if they, I know they will get every single day, hey, this is Faustinus Photography, do you want to hire me? And if I don't know Faustinus, I will not hire Faustinus. I'd rather hire my friend yeah. instead of a regular photographer. So in my mind, that is the main thing about relations and relations and relations. How do you establish relationships or maintain relationships like what's your uh, philosophy about that uh, being yourself mm. uh, that is the only way that I think there is no way that you can start to portray something that you are not so I'm not a piece of gold that everybody will look ah, wow there is gold that's gone it's, it's like the case of, of both of us so I had the pleasure of meeting you during the photo exhibit at the, at the Davies Gallery mm-hmm. then you went to the talk and, and now here we are yeah. So it's it's that is a what I call a relationship. Maybe during the same day I met somebody else and nothing happened. I'm totally fine with that. But I was looking to find people like you are. So that kind of a friendship that you start to develop because of a photography exhibit, it's wonderful. It doesn't mean that you're going to hire me neither. But now it's like we are having this kind of friendship. It's 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 a really cool. Yeah. So it's a connection. Yeah. So now you're looking at me. Faustinus, we are not friends. Huh? So <laughs> I don't even know who you are. But <laughs> so Maybe after the Out of the record. I'll, I'll, out of the record. You know. Let's erase everything. <laughs> there is no guarantee that this will be out on the... <laughs> exactly. Um, I'd read something you'd said about how you appreciate and think about your work after you create it much differently than maybe in the moment when you captured it. Uh, yeah. Uh, that is also one of those things that you start to develop through the, I don't know if it's maybe part of the process of, of life. Yeah. That at the beginning, photography is something that you make a click and you want to show it to somebody else. And you start to shoot because you are happy. And I think that the main question that we need to ask all of us as photographers, why do we make that click? Mm. Why do we shoot? Everybody will have totally different kind of answers, but about maybe three years ago, four years ago, I was I was in Mexico City and I was shooting just for the pleasure of shooting mm-hmm. or just for the pleasure of just like cleaning your soul or cleaning just your looking. thoughts. And, yeah. and it's, it's a word of just like looking and just like uh, uh, finding a way to distract yourself from reality that is happening. Hmm. So in some cases, it's something positive. In some cases, it's something that is not as positive, maybe something kind of sad. And then I realized that through my own photography, when I start to look at it, like, okay, now I get it. I'm trying to say something that it's deeper than the image by itself. Hmm. So it's like now with this body of work of the subconscious Chilango, related to, to Mexico City, by the way, Chilango, is, I saw a lot of things of myself that they're going that were happening during those days so mm-hmm. so now I see photography as something to look at myself mm. and every time that I have the pleasure of reviewing some portfolios or things like that I can start to see a lot of the personality of somebody else through those images or <laughs> that is what I think <laughs> so I'm saying, okay I think that this guy is getting kind of crazy but if you start to look at your own images you will discover a lot of things about yourself. Yeah. And you have the visual right there. It's not like you were thinking. No, it's, you have the photo. You look at the photo. Okay, try to remember what was happening and say, oh, now I get it. Yeah, there was a story. I feel like at the Davis Gallery talk, you had, were sharing about some images. I think it was in Mexico. You took these images and you realized it had to do with your, was it with your mom? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the, the main thing that it took me back to, to go to Mexico is because she suffered an accident. Oh, yeah. So I got the news and I had to go to Mexico and I brought my, my little point and, and shoot. So my, my first memory to going back to Mexico is just taking the, the taxi from the airport to the, to the hospital. Mm. Uh, and then I saw my mom at the hospital and she was doing, everything was okay. But at the same time, she had spent another week there. So during that week, uh, one, of, one of my friends, I saw him by Serendipity at a hospital. And I said, so what are you doing here? And she said to me, what are you doing here? The last time that I saw you was in Austin. So what are you doing in Mexico and in the hospital? Well, my mom suffered an accident. Oh, you know, my dad also. Okay, so we started to talk. And three days later, I saw him again. So I see him every single day. And 
Then I say, so how is your dad doing? I say, you know, uh, he passed away. Say, oh. So there was a kind of a scary moment. And he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Uh, fortunately, my, my mom is still doing okay, so nothing happened. But yeah. during those days when I, I used to go and, and, and get out, I used to take some photos, I realized that a lot of my photos had that kind of feeling about death. Mm. And I didn't realize that. You know, it, it, there is something in your mind. But once that you develop well, this old-fashioned way of photography, once that yeah. you start to look at your image, it's like, okay, Faustinus, you were walking on this cemetery and you were taking uh, photos of caskets and you were taking photos of little, I don't know, each other, like thumbs from little kids. and like, So there is a kind of a darkness in those photos. Mm. And then also there is also kind of a different photo that I, I, I cannot say that I'm a really Catholic person or a kind of a... I don't have any kind of religion. Yeah. But just going back to the church that I went when I was a little kid, I mm. saw this really cool uh, version with a bulb. And the bulb is not turned on. So I'm shooting those kind of things. And then you realize that also there is this kind of hope that I never thought about it. Mm. So once that I start to see all those images, is then when I realized that. And of course, I had to, I went to one of my, with Carla to have my, my photos review. And she said, you know, you have to go deeper in this image. Same thing with Bill. It's like, you know, these images, you are saying a lot of things that you're mm. trying to. So then it's when I realized, you know, it's a totally simple image, but it has a really deep concept. Mm-hmm. Well, that is also what I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, oh, you know, I can take that picture. Well, yeah, me too. <laughs> but it's maybe the group of images kind of say a lot more than the single image. You get the impression of your state of mind from the series, or is it... Uh, I think that in, in one way, yes, it's like a kind of a little trip. So from the beginning towards the end, what happened in one month with my life. Yeah. But then the same thing is what happening every single individual day. Yeah. So going back to the same kind of thing that we were talking, that one day this will be the perfect photography, and then the next day is not a perfect photography. You don't know why, but it's the feeling that you're having. Yeah. So when I realize that I'm talking about that, it's like, you know, this is a really powerful image. But then the next day you are totally happy, and it's like, oh, you know, there is some oranges. Oh, you know, this is about life. This is a sweet orange. It's, <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So it, it goes up and down. But then going back to the oranges, there is this image of a knife and a little piece of an orange that is uh, just like the, I don't know how you call the outside of the, the orange. Rind. And it's peel. And then when I look at my image, it's like, why did I take a picture of that? So my mom, she was not even able to peel an orange. And I just mm. took a photo of that knife with an orange. And then I have these wonderful oranges on the street. So there is a connection between a sad moment in your life and then a happy moment in your life. Mm-hmm. So and everything is has to do with your subconscious. So I didn't shoot those things on on, on purpose. <laughs> so, yeah, you weren't. There was no intention. There no, was no, no like intention. thought no, 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 about. No, no, I'm no. thinking about my mom. While no, I'm no, no, no. I realized those things later. Ah, wow. So that's why I call that the subconsciente chilango, or the subconscious chilango subconscious. Mm-hmm. That by the way, you're more than invited for the opening. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll mention that at the end for sure. Uh, just going back to your talk at yes. Davis, because that was that show was called the Relationship of, of Things. Things. Yes, uh, that was kind of a series of work that includes some of the images I think from. Yeah, there were maybe like a few of the of the Chilanga subconscious. The the interesting thing about that body of work is that several years ago I start to everything was with film, and I did a series that everything was out of focus. And I start to realize that what you can see is also part on the eyes of the beholder. So everything that was kind of out of focus, you will start to see things that I didn't see. You will see something else. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered something called Holga. So the Holga was, a, well, it is a uh, plastic toy camera that I thought I was a kind of a new guy using those and seems like they've been there for years. <laughs> so I started to develop a body of work called the, the Plastic Eye. Mm-hmm. And everything was because there was shoot with a plastic toy camera. Everything was film. And, and I love the result of those images. It has a kind of a vignetting and kind of a distortion on the mm-hmm. on the image that I think is also part of my, my personality. I always use this kind of lack quality or affordable cameras to do my, my, my work. Mm-hmm. And then in this series of the relationship of things, it was uh, the concept that Kevin, he had, it was kind of different than mine. So at the end, everything was like it, it was meant to be. So what he saw, some of the images, to me, is more a relation of me as a photographer with the object. And you as, uh, I don't know, someone looking at, a, at, the, at, at the images, is more of the relationship between the objects at the same photo. Mm-hmm. 
So to me, of course, there is something there that to me is kind of, I don't know if it would, it's kind of obvious. That's why I shoot it. But why did I shoot it? Mm-hmm. So what you see at the end, everything has a relationship. Yeah. So that is what I invite everybody to see. You know, don't look at the image as something that you already have seen because it's a relationship. Just try to make yourself a relationship with those images. So silly thing, as I was talking, I love to drink beer. A lot of those images are related with, with beer. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, everything was also shot in uh, square. So the camera that I got, you were able to shoot on square. It also had this kind of vignette in this a kind of a little toy effect that you can put on the mm-hmm. on the camera. So it helped me to make this connection between my older body of work shooting with Holga and now shooting with this little camera. So besides the relationship of things, it's also the relationship be- between me and somebody else and the person that are looking at the other images so it's uh i think it was a really nice cool show yeah yeah i, I receive a lot of compliments so it's always really nice to be able to have a gallery that represents my work and to be able to have people as as, as you did to, to go and look at those images and because of that here we are and i thank you again for that by the way yeah unfortunately the the show the last day was on saturday so i went to pick up all my my images, my cool images. <laughs> <laughs> and put them in the closet. Uh, no, no, no. I, I need to reuse those frames for the <laughs> Chilango subconscious oh, okay. thing. So, right. Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> it's part it? of the investment. It's already there. So, And the, the interesting thing is also some of those images were square, so now everything is in a rectangular way instead of the... And ah. it was because when I went, I only had that little camera instead of my regular camera. So yeah. there is also a, a reason between the rectangular ones and the square ones. So it seems like uh, my mind was not as square during those days also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a moment of awkward silence. Suddenly. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut so, that out. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 just leave it there. Leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do you think would be good to talk about? I mean, there's. I just think about like all your life experience, your views on photography, living in so many different countries, knowing so many different languages. I mean, what do you think would be useful to share or stories or just kind of well, it's, 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 things it, that you've figured out? What I think is also life kind of repeats itself. Suddenly it's like, and then I can see like the same situation. So my mom, she, she moved to, to Mexico and then I grew up in Mexico. Then I can see that, for example, my daughter, she was born in the U.S., and now she's going to have her own life in the U.S. So I, I start to see, I don't know, maybe there is this kind of a nostalgic thing, and going back to the, the photography, that you see an image and you start to go and think about the past. Mm-hmm. And then my, my past, now I can see it in the future of my daughter. Mm. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting to see how life, it's, it's really like a kind of a circle, and then it will go to the same point. And now, while I'm talking, I realize that I speak a lot with my hands. So the, the kind of the, the things that I'm trying to explain to you that I don't have the right words, I think that it will be complemented <laughs> with my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. we don't. But I think it's just to, to live that special moment in every single day is one of the things that it's wonderful. And being able to have different kind of cultures. And this is also one of the things that I really enjoy of Austin, that it's, it has this kind of multicultural thing going mm-hmm. on. And it's nice. But at the end, we only live once. And that is the, the only thing that we have is the, the, the today. Yeah. So I try to, I, I also try to take those kind of, maybe you would not see it on my images, but it's also about that special moment. It would not be as a Cartier Bresson, that specific time yeah. of the, uh, the decisive moment. Well, you know, in some images they have to do, but a lot of those is just something that it will just remind you about life. Going mm-hmm. back to the situation of my mom, you will say something about, you know, this image, it reminds me about life and we need to go and enjoy and be mm-hmm. here right now, the, the here and now. So you definitely feel like we should all be living our lives to the fullest. I mean, is that how you feel you know, when you wake up in the morning? Not to the fullest, but just to the to the moment that we're living okay. right now. Okay. I, I may sound kind of repetitive, but it will be like the same thing with your images. So yeah. you look at it. There is nothing wrong that you wake one day and you feel sad. I don't think there is nothing wrong. You need to be sad in order to, to enjoy the happiness. And then you have to be happy to enjoy the part of the... So I think that we need to have like a equilibrium in life. Yeah. Balance. A balance. So, and to me, photography give me that also a lot of that balance when I see the the images, and it helps me just to think about life and 
I think it's about the moment that we are living, not to live at, or maybe it will be living at the fullest in that time. It's like a part that you're enjoying, but mm-hmm. it will be like sometimes I want to go. To, it's like I talk to some of my friends, and if I'm going to shoot, I want to be, for example, with my friends. Mm-hmm. And if I'm with my friends, I don't want to shoot. So, yeah. and if I'm on, on vacation, the, the funny thing is that every time that I'm out of town is when I take more photos, and it's at the same time that I'm with my family. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, so now. I think that I'm going to take some photos and then I will just go back with my family, things like that. But just to enjoy the the moment of being. And, mm-hmm. and now I'm sounding like now it sounds like a kind of a philosophical guy. <laughs> <of> the, <laughs> and it's like what I was telling you at the beginning that just listening to your own voice yeah. through the headphones on the mic, it's a kind of a, again. I'm I'm using like my hands. Of <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And now again, I'm using my hands to try to explain things. One thing that I uh, was wondering about is how is how do you think photography or the respect photography as an art or photographers is different in the U.S. and Mexico and Belgium? Is there uh, any difference? It's it's a kind of a human nature thing, and the, the interesting thing is that I was just saying that to to my daughter Tuania, she's thirteen years old, and and in Belgium every time that you go to a, to a cafe or you are on the street, you would not see a lot of the. That is at least what I saw. You would not have like people using the cell phones all the time or having this mm. kind of uh, electrical equipment. And in the US, you go to every single cafe and everybody will have like kind of a laptop. In Mexico, there is also this kind of tendency, but in, in Belgium, at least in Antwerp, you don't see as many of those kind of of of, of things. So going back to the photography, to me, it seems like now. Everybody will just go and shoot with the same cell phone. They don't use a camera anymore. So there is a kind of a different feeling, even just like to making the little click or having a, an extra piece of equipment on your arms or an extra lens or something like mm-hmm. that makes a, a huge difference. But at the end, it's like when, when I see my, my images, even they may be taken in different parts of the world, I try to... Not to avoid to put a point of reference. I don't know if you're in Paris and you put the Eiffel Tower, something kind of obvious, for example. Mm-hmm. They may think that you're in Las Vegas, but <laughs> yeah. but every time that I took a picture, it will be just a regular wall. That wall, it could be taken in Mexico, it could be taken in Singapore, it could be taken in China, it could be taken in Belgium. It's, uh, yeah. So I try to, my image to make it more kind of uh, regular images that it could be all over the world even though they will be taken in different parts. Mm-hmm. So the same window taken in, in Vienna, it could be exactly the same window taken outside of my door. Yeah. So unless you are a local, you will find out that those images were taken in some specific parts. Mm-hmm. So I try to make everything more kind of universal, not without any kind of borders or things like that. So it's like you see an image and it could have been taken in Mexico or it could be taken mm-hmm. in Austin. It's, I, unless you know the place, you will find out what images were taken. But mm-hmm. there is a kind of the same language. So everything is about the street, everything is about the way of living. What was the question? <laughs> no, just about the perception of art and photography in different places. Yeah, the, the, the interesting thing is that at the end, uh, going back to about, about traveling, uh, I'm not a tourist guy. Mm-hmm. So every time that if I go... If I will go with, I, don't know, I will bring some of my friends from Austin and we will go to Belgium. The kind of, and being him a photographer, the kind of images that he will take, it will be totally different than mine. Mm. That is like, you know, you are in, I don't know, you are in Australia, let's go and take these images to show that we are in Australia. So, no, well, you know, to me, I know Australia will be something different. So, I want to go to the things that they are not, that people, they would not even take care to take a photo. So going back to the example of Paris, oh, the Eiffel Tower, oh, yes, you know, that's kind of cool, the Eiffel Tower, but I'd rather just go and get lost in the street and take a photo of the wall. And then you can put, taken in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a kind of a point of reference. But uh, we have totally different eyes, and I think that every photographer will shoot something different. And in some cases, I will see myself in the body of work of some other photographers. And, and I think that everybody will say, oh, you know, I, I should have taken that photo or that photo could have been mine. So yeah, it's, no, uh, I've had that experience. Say, oh, it's, and the funny thing is that with a Holga, all the images, they look about the same style. You say, oh, it was taken by a Holga mm-hmm. or with a Holga. But adding that personality, your own eye with that kind of camera, it will make a kind of the perfect combination. That is what I think. And being in the, in the right country or in the wrong country, I don't, at the end, to me, 
it doesn't matter. Well, with my photography, if you're a journalistic guy and you're going to Syria to take photos, it's part of your job. But I, it's, uh, I think that everything at the end is in the eyes of the photographer and what they want to say. Mm-hmm. And going back, in my case, it's more about learning about myself through my own images. What are some of the things that you've learned about yourself through your images, do you think? Uh, kind of different moods in your own life. And you will have a thought about going back to the dead, uh, and, but you will not see it. So once that is getting kind of close, you start to remind about those things. I would take photos going back to the, to the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Silly things that... Uh, I don't know how you will express those... When you go back again to photography and you start to shoot again with the aperture and you go for a you know, 4, 8, 11, and you remember the little things, it will give you kind of a reminder about what was photography about. So it's, I will see the photo and I will remember, for example, things that I did when I was a little kid. Okay, I remember that I was walking on this street and I took the photo of this wall. So I can see myself... 10 years ago, walking to that street and it would just remind me about, you know, that was a kind of mm-hmm. a special moment in your life and that's why you took the photo. Yeah, I don't know if I'm expressing myself, but it will be like a kind of a TV show of the Twilight Zone. The <laughs> and then the, the interesting thing is that I was doing a, a series of my, of my daughter and there was a wall that it says, love. And I would just go and take the picture of my daughter, love. I will go back to the same place every single year just to have a picture taken that place is gone oh. so it's kind of interesting that once that you see the photo say oh you know that place it has this kind of meaning to me I know that next to it I will just go and have a beer and then I will just get out and I will take a photo maybe the parking lot was packed at that time so I will go back take another beer and then I will just go and try to take that photo so there is in that case about the love sign I went on purpose just to that place just to take the photo and the things that were happening just to, to take that photo they will come back to my mind they don't have anything to do with the photo if you see the photo there is nothing about the things that were happening you would just go and see the photo and you see get word love there is a kind of a, a relationship between the word and your daughter and the shape and the position and the colors and the texture but in my mind, I will also remember that, oh, guess what? We went and we had a beer. And then during having that beer, I was having this conversation with this Belgian new friend. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things going with one single image besides the image by itself. So it seems like you're really just shooting for yourself. You're not even yes. thinking about like, oh, I'm going to have this show at this gallery oh, or no, anything like no, that. No, no. I, I think that I need to start to be more business oriented. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no. No, I don't. You're just shooting. It's almost like a personal, it's just a personal journal of your life. And it just happens to then appeal to other people in a way that they might want to see it on a wall. Yes, I'm going to steal your words again. Yes. uh, You're a wordsmith. (laughs) Yeah, at at the end, it's like having your little uh, diary or your little journal that you just write for yourself. So my images is basically the same thing. And of course, there are some images, I don't care if people, they see it or not. I think that... They are personal, but if you don't know anything about me, it's just like a photograph. And what I think is really nice is when people, they see those photographs and those photographs, they speak to them. I don't, yeah. same thing of the Davis Gallery, there is this person, you know, that photo spoke to me. So what did you see in that photo? And they will have their own story that has nothing to do with my own story. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm going to steal that story <laughs> because it's even better than my own story. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, we are all different. And at the same time, we are exactly the same. But going back to the photography, some people, they will not even think about taking a photograph of that object. And when they see that, they're like, wait, that it was, it's so simple. I don't know why I didn't take a photo of that before. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing that happened several times in, that I don't know how to explain that I took that photo and in my mind, it will help me just to understand myself better. Hmm. What inspires you to keep going? Do you see yourself being a photographer for the rest of your life? I think that I will be a photographer the rest of my life. Uh, as I was telling you before, we all are photographers. But the main reason, everybody will have their own excuses to take photos. But to me, just being able to keep shooting, it's a thing that is already on my veins and my mind, in my heart, in my soul. I need to go and... The, the, the crazy thing or the silly thing is that I don't take photos with my cell phone. Mm. So that is the only thing that I realize that I'm a photographer. 
Elk can say, well, Faustinus, we need to go and shoot with your iPhone. I said, it seems like I'm cheating to myself when I use it. Of course, oh. it's going to be, I need to have this kind of memory. Yes. But if I'm not carrying my little, even though it's a kind of a little camera, I don't feel like I'm a photographer. Hmm. I feel like I'm a cheater using an iPhone. And of course, there are wonderful photographers using the iPhone. But to me, it's like if you are a writer and you don't have a pen and a piece of paper, to me, you are not a writer. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can have everything and you will go and click. But in my mind, photography is the same thing. You can call yourself a photographer, but if you don't shoot with a camera, it will sound kind of mean, but you are an iPhone-nographer or <laughs> right. you're a cell phone-nographer. Or I don't know what would be the kind of the right word to, yeah, to yeah, use. Yeah. But, so I cannot see myself shooting without a camera. Mm-hmm. Who knows, maybe generation that will start to change and now you can just make a click with your eyes and everything will be in your mind and then you can just go and plug yourself and make a print who knows <laughs> so <laughs> the other thing is that I also I enjoy my photography and if it's not printed at the end it's not a photograph to me mm. it's crazy silly thing so I may have 3,000 photos or 3 billion photos on my computer but at the end if it's not printed mm-hmm. I don't consider that a that's a kind of a photography. Yeah, I don't really print that many mm-hmm. of my photos. So, Well, the thing is that you're already making a lot of money, so there is nothing yeah, right. that you have to be worried about. <laughs> but, but at the end, I, it's a totally different experience also seeing an image on the screen and seeing in real life. And I remember that I was talking about those things at the, at the gallery, that the sensation of being in the dark room and just like putting your fingers into the chemicals and getting out of the place, smelling to developer or to fixer or to stop that. Now, just get out of your own computer and you don't smell like anything, only maybe the cup of coffee of the sip of beer. But yeah. there is, it will sound kind of mean, but there is this kind of lack of uh, feeling when you do a print the old-fashioned way instead of nowadays. So nowadays mm-hmm. you make a click and that's it. So same thing, if I make a click with my phone, I don't feel as happy or as excited as taking with a camera. And if I use my whole guy, it's a totally different story. You're going to shoot it with a whole guy, and then you have to go and develop, and then you go and scan. I don't have a dark room anymore. But that feeling, it's a different feeling than grabbing the phone. So if you see me taking a photo with my phone, it was because it was something that I needed to remember or something that I did bring my camera with me. But And with my daughter, it would be totally the opposite. We are on vacation, and she would just use her phone, and that's it. I'm saying, wait, why do you have a camera? No. <laughs> so it's also <laughs> one of those things that new generations, they don't... Well, uh, it's a different feeling. <laughs> I start to go and think, like, okay, did I bring my camera with me today? No. So I'm also giving classes to, to little kids, and I try to. I, I see that I will bring different kind of cameras if they are carrying a kind of a SLR kind of big. Once they hold it, they say, "Wow, now I feel like a photographer," mm-hmm. even though they don't want to shoot with it. And if you bring a kind of a little point and shoot, they will take more photos. And if you just give them the phone that I don't give the phone, it's like uh, they rather also make it kind of simple and easy. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to take the kind of the other stuff, and then you will see these little guys. like, "Oh no, I only want to shoot with a big camera and put a big lens because I feel like I'm a photographer." <laughs> and and I steal these words from one of those little kids that I ask him. So, what 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 was your feeling when you take this photo? So I will review the photos later and say, "Oh, you know, it felt very nice when I pushed that little button." So that is the way that I feel every time that I push that little button. Mm-hmm. It's a moment of. It's like if you're a car racer, driving a car for you, it will be a totally different feeling that's to me driving my car. I say, you know, I don't even want to go into my car. It's like traffic and things like that. And if you're a car racer, oh, no, the feeling about having your car and driving at 120 miles per hour. So the same kind of emotion that they have doing their own work is the kind of emotion that I have with my photography. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that people, they're not photographers, they will have the same feeling of making that little click and saying, oh, it feels good. And if when you see the result and it's exactly the feeling that you were clicking, it's like, done. Yeah. It doesn't happen quite often, but it's like, uh, it, it happened to, to myself, but not to the people that are looking at the photography. So I wish that I can have the same kind of feeling mm. that I had when I was making that click. What do you think about the future of your photography? Do you think about that, or do you just... Uh, no, moment? you know, I never thought about that. 
in my, in my, <laughs> it would be like the, the future. It would be kind of like having a, a retrospective of all the the work that I've done, and I think also part of the, the future is based on my past. It's like sometimes I would just go look to my negatives and say, "Oh, well, you know, this image now has a totally different meaning." 30 years later yeah. than at the moment that I took that photo. So I'm, I'm thinking to go back and start to look at my negatives and things like that mm. just to find out if there for sure there was a kind of a, a link between the old days and the new days. But what I realized also by looking at some of my images that there are some patterns that you didn't realize that you were taking before. Yeah. And uh, that is also part of your future. So without knowing, I would just keep again and walking on the streets and take some photos. Uh, but talking about the future, I'm trying to now to be more focusing in Austin. So taking advantage of my name of F Austin Oz, uh, <laughs> I try to make everything will be about Austin. So I still have a lot of images that I took several years ago that I will look to those, and I think that the future is is Austin. Mm-hmm. So you're going to keep shooting new work, but then also kind of looking through older work. To uh, see if there's yes. something that pops out. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing is that maybe we'll find things that now they don't exist anymore in Austin. So mm-hmm. it, it will start to open my mind again and mm-hmm. my heart to see, because during several years taking care of my daughter, I didn't take photos of Austin. So now I think it will just open that little window and then suddenly you will get all the lights and say, oh, okay, now I get it. I need to continue working with this body of work that mm. I didn't realize that I was making a body of work of, of Austin. But that is the future. Yeah. If there is any future at all, of course. Right. <laughs> well, do you have any other planned shows or exhibits this year? Uh, or anything? N- a trips or anything interesting? No. Uh, Everything, all, all, all the times, everything comes by, by surprise. Uh-huh. Unless it's like, I don't know, the case of the Chilango subconscious from the Dorothy R Center. Those images were taken maybe three or four years ago. And then I don't realize how long does it take to have your body of work, to create everything, and then to find a place where to show your images. Yeah. So with, with the gallery, it's like already I know that I will try to do something about Austin. And also there is about some ideas about... Uh, portraying yourself with photography that I think it's kind of obvious this is just me but it's more uh, it will sound more trying to use your face or your body or something that people that they know you by the way that you look it's uh, to have a photo taken that is what I think it will be the next show about Mm. portraying yourself as a painter it will be kind of but no selfies (laughs) Okay. <laughs> or maybe we're selfie out of focus. I don't know. It's like so those are the kind of things that I will start to think how to express myself. But so Austin and me. Yeah. Nice. It, it it sounds too selfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about here and now and yeah. yeah, here we go, man. My 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 hour of famous of being famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we could end it there if you want, if you have anything else you want to talk about. Well, first of all, thank you again for, for your kindness. And you have this really cool laid-back personality. So going back at the beginning, how you keep the relationship is because that is a nice communication. And you have that really open, free-minded, spirit, soul that oh. my, my my guess is that you will make friends with, with everybody. So oh. I really appreciated that that I was the chosen today to yeah. <laughs> to be part of your of your talk but thank you oh, very I, much yeah, I appreciate no, no, that's, your time you know, no, no I appreciate your time and we will find out also if the time of all the listeners is okay now it's almost one hour is this guy going to stop or no <laughs> <laughs> let's find a second part of the <laughs> no we're going to stop so tell me the details of your upcoming show at the Darty. Oh, yes. So on May 11th, it's the, the artist reception. So ah. I'll be showing all my work of the Chilango subconscious. So please, hopefully you will have, if you don't have anything better to do, please no, join us. And uh, that is the kind of the sneak peek for the West tour. Okay. So I'm, I'm showing also during the West tour and I'm also lucky to be with, with Jess B and with Marsha Mattingly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I pronounce her last name's okay, but yeah. So we are showing at the at the Dorothy Art Center, and their work is up now, and it's actually in the hallways to the side of the main exhibit area. Yes, which is where your yes. work will be. Yes, so my work will be on the. I'm the I'm the lucky guy now. <laughs> yeah, the, on the main area. Yeah, 
Yes, yes. Uh, so it will be on the West Tour. Um, so it's May 12th and 10th, 13th, and May 19th and May 20th. And on May 30th, I'm giving a talk. And the show will be up until June 9th. Okay. So you still have a lot of excuses just to go and, yeah. <laughs> and chit-chat, and maybe we can go and have a beer. Who knows? So if you want to hear you talk more again, <laughs> say, Oh no, Faustinus. no, no, no. This is the last time. <laughs> it's like, I already heard the podcast. Yeah. I already know everything about you. <laughs> yes. Okay. But you haven't seen how I move my hands when oh, I'm talking. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. That is, <laughs> yeah. I need to stand up and walk around. If not, it, it, it's, it's not the same thing. Listen to your voice, the, the whole experience of watching this crazy guy moving his hands. <laughs> yeah. No, everyone needs to see you in person too. So, okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends and colleagues and consider giving it a review on iTunes. That could help others find it and motivate them to give it a try. At austinarttalk.com, you can visit each episode's webpage to find links related to the relevant and interesting people, places, and things mentioned by each guest. And thanks to those who have reached out with encouragement and positive feedback. I really appreciate it. All the best to you and take care.